is Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga, recorded at Halepule on beautiful Kauai. Each month we cover topics that can help you find balance in your life through food, good living, and the eight limbs of Raja Yoga. Learn more at halepule.com. And here's the show. Hello everyone, this is Myra. And Kelsey. With Halepule's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. Posture continues to be an area of opportunity for me. I need to be aware on a moment-to-moment basis of whether I'm choosing to stand or slouch. One thing I realize is that when I slouch, I'm not present. The more I stand up and sit up with good posture, the better my body and mind feel and the more I feel a part of life. This is a primary focus at Hale Pule. Whether students come for yoga teacher training, Ayurvedic chef training, Ayurvedic treatment training, or a private immersion. It's a life-changing thing. What does balanced posture look like? When we experience ourselves and our bodies from the ground up, then it's easy to see the importance of posture. Like anything in our physical form, it needs a good foundation in alignment and something that is in alignment with our design. For example, You could start with having your feet fist width apart. So in other words, we say hip width, but that's your legs lining up with your hip joints. And many people stand with their feet very far apart or very close together. So if you try just putting your fist between the front portion of your foot, usually it'll be about hip width. And having the feet straight ahead. A lot of people walk with their feet turned out these days because the muscles on the outside of the body have gotten very tight and the inside muscles are weak. You know, some people say, oh, well, that's what's natural for me. No, I think that's not correct. I think that's what's normal, but it's not necessarily natural. It comes from an imbalanced place. So you can gradually work on retraining those muscles and bringing your feet straight ahead. And that gives us a really strong posture. We don't fall over easily. And our knees need to be straight, but not locked. When we lock the knees, it's not good for the knee joint, but it also cuts off the energy flow. And we need to allow the natural curves in our spine. So when we breathe properly and we allow ourselves to actually be present, then those natural curves will come back. We need to have the chest be broad and open, not collapsed and shut down. The shoulders will sit on the outside of the body, not pushed forward. And our head will be in a neutral position up on top of our torso, and there'll be a nice natural curve in the neck. And a lot of people tip their chin down, thinking that that's good because it makes them feel taller or whatever they're thinking. And it flattens out that curve, which then has those nerve impulses that run our organs Uh, around our face and neck, especially not run properly. So you can check the alignment by the bottom of the tip of your ear with the middle of the side of your shoulder, with the middle of the side of your hips, the middle of the side of your knees, and the bone on the side of your ankle. You line those things up. I suppose somebody could distort that, but uh, most of the time that's going to get you a pretty good idea of what's an ideal posture for you. You started from the ground up with the feet. I like in our trainings how you'll have people stand with their feet out and lean forward and see how unstable that is and then bring their feet fist width straight ahead and I'll do the same thing and how stable. 
And you've also related it back to how the warriors used to stand and how the prominent athletes stand. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. Yeah, we want to be in a strong position. So what does, what does it feel like then to have this, this appropriate posture, ideal posture? Well, the ideal posture for each of us then will help us to feel grounded and light and clear. The lightness comes because prana flows. So not so light like you're flying out of your body. But as a result of that prana flowing, your life force, then you'll have greater clarity of the mind and you'll come into the moment. And it won't feel normal in the beginning, but it it is natural because it's the design of the body. And uh, some people I know like to say, well, my body is different. Well, they're all a little bit different. You know, again, we would, of course, be applied to the individual, but we can usually find a really good place where the prana will flow. If you stick with it, then it will become your normal. If it feels really unnatural to someone and they're wondering what the approximate time range might be for it to start to feel natural, could it be as little as a couple weeks? Definitely, yes. You know, your mind and body will habituate anything. They'll habituate positive things and negative things. Uh, so you can make a change in, in three weeks or less uh, and have it stick. But the times where you'll fall out of that, you'll know that you've checked out. You ha- you're not being present in life. Mm. So what are the most common postural imbalances that you've seen recently? More recently, it has changed, actually, in, in meaning in the last 10 years. The position with hips pushed forward and the upper body back and the chest collapsed. Usually then there'll be a flat neck that goes with that because the head comes forward to, to try to counter the weight shift or the hips are countering the head being forward, depending on where the starting point was. That kind of position, it results in poor digestion, usually neck pain, low back pain. Uh, Sometimes the eyesight and the speech are affected, and and most importantly, too, your breathing can be affected negatively. Hearing as well? Any of the senses? It is possible, yes, because of the flat neck. Then pelvis tilted forward so that the low back is overcurved, sometimes called lordosis, the effect of that usually is that there's low back pain because there's weakness there. There'll be weakness in the psoas muscles that are on the inside of the torso, as well as the back muscles themselves. When they become too flexible around the spine, then pain is frequently the result. A flat low back is also quite common these days where the pelvis is actually tilted back. And this is going to disturb your digestion. It can contribute to constipation. And it usually comes from excess vata and drying up that pelvic area. Uh, Sometimes, I know I had a few years very early in my yoga practices where I somehow got that idea that I needed to tuck my tailbone, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. I needed to do that. And, And it wasn't a good idea. We don't need to do that. We really need to let the body come into its natural physical alignment as a result of our prana, our our life force and energy flowing. So that flat low back will also, usually the person is going to have some neck difficulties and sometimes even uh, with the chest as well. A lot of people lock their knees and it leads to bowed legs. People think, oh, you know, I've had bowed legs since I was a baby. 
perhaps, you know, there can be weakness in the ligaments, but if we really learn how to walk properly and use the front of the foot and push off of the front of the foot, then we don't really have a reason to lock the knees. So even if an adult, I've worked with people that have extreme cases of this, and just by teaching them to walk and stand, it corrects. And it's amazing to watch how the bones will straighten out in a month's time. And also locking the knees leads to instability in the joint and to injury then. We talked about the feet being turned out. And usually when that's the case, there's low back pain and it's really easy to fall. And this is really common with elderly people today. Uh, So the more we can um, bring this to people's attention, uh, you know, if they're interested and willing, then it can make a lot of difference when you get into your senior years. And the other thing that happens with the feet turned out is that the arches are weak and the ankles, the inside of the ankles are weak, which will result in flat feet and often pain in the feet as well. And then I mentioned the collapsed chest where the heart is shut down. And usually this is associated with anger and resentment and it affects our breathing, which affects all of the functions in the body as well as our mind. And it also cultivates a sense of loneliness and separation from others. So most poor posture would also then affect our digestion? Absolutely. Well, our digestive process takes about six hours. And it's inhibited by poor posture. For example, if people are eating, you know, and they're slouching so that their rib cage is sitting on their pelvis, and this is pretty common, then that digestive process is going to have a difficult time. Or even laying down. Some people eat recline. Eat laying down, yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, and and also poor posture limits our breathing, and that reduces the function of all the organs in the body, and the flow of the energy is inhibited, and therefore the mind is going to be affected. And so essentially it will increase tamas, or that sense of inertia in us, and it will reduce our access to our intuition. So when we cut off that flow of energy, then we reduce our access to intuition. And, you know, this reduces our sense of confidence. So how does balanced posture affect us then? How does it contribute to us feeling well? In what ways? Well, it it supports our digestion and elimination. It brings us mental clarity. It helps us with our emotional stability. The flow of prana affects every cell in the body. And from that, we can establish certainty, some clarity about ourselves and where we are. That that helps us feel comfortable taking appropriate risks in life. We have a sense of confidence. And that leads us into sattva. The consistency in your posture continues to inspire me to enhance mine. And especially after hearing those qualities that you listed, which are qualities that after knowing you for several years, you have. Did you ever have poor posture? Um, My mother was on me to keep good posture all through my childhood and especially in my teens. And I'm really glad she did now. Most people would not have said I had poor posture as an adult. But when I did come to practice yoga asana, oh my, it improved dramatically. I learned about where the energy was blocked and how to release it. And I actually grew to 
be able to change my driver's license by one and three quarter inches. So there was definitely something going on. I, I think I was sinking into my pelvis and my upper back also became more upright uh, when I just brought some consciousness to it. Hmm. So there could be a point where I won't go to poor posture anymore. Yes. When we shift from living from the inside out <laughs> instead of from the outside in, that's, that's what really makes a difference. When we're living based on things on the outside, if I just have that job or, or if that person is going to make me happy, you know, that kind of externalized living, it mostly brings disappointment to us. And so we cut off our energy. But when we learn to live from the inside out, that really naturally results in, in a balanced posture. We want to stand upright because it feels good. And I think that's one of the things that people can look to as they might consider making some changes in posture is how does it feel? Not compared to what was before, but just how does it feel? Does, can you feel the energy flowing? Or can you feel a little bit more energy or brightness than you're used to? It also helps us to make good choices. So we will, we'll start to want to eat better. We'll have greater tendency to be kind and considerate to others. It moves us toward sattva, toward balance and harmony. So that decision to feel good, and I mean not being high or excited, but just to feel well, I, this is an important thing to bring into life if it's been left out of yours for a while. We want it to come from the heart. Our posture affects how we're living, how we feel about ourselves. So when we're in our head and have that lack of connection with the source of the universe or the God of our heart, then our tendency will be to have poor posture. And then we know that it's really time to run our energy and turn to the God of our heart. Earlier, you mentioned that checking out mentally usually comes along with poor posture or as part of that process. And it was just so helpful for me to be directed to look at and then shift what I was thinking and feeling when I noticed myself in poor posture. So what was it that was going on under the surface that was having me want to check out and have that poor posture? What I've learned is there's always a mental and emotional component, and it really is about the energy. Right. Now let's take a short break, and when we are back, talk about trouble spots one might encounter as they correct posture and tools that will allow balanced posture to become our norm. Learning Ayurveda and yoga is a lifelong pursuit. The best practitioners and teachers know that having a trusted guide to act as a sounding board is the key to maintaining a fresh personal and professional practice. Hale Pule's practitioner and teacher mentoring is designed to give you this guidance. Based on your individual starting point, Myra Lewin and the Hale Pule team will apply their extensive clinical, teaching, business, and marketing experience to help you tap into your true potential as a practitioner and teacher. With support targeted to your unique needs, you can help more people benefit from the gift of true health that Ayurveda and yoga bring. Mentoring with Hale Pule gives you an entire team of people with a variety of skills who are devoted to your success as a practitioner or teacher of Ayurveda and yoga. We can use Skype, telephone, and FaceTime to reach anyone, anywhere. Visit halepule.com for details. We're back, and we've been talking about posture. Adjusting posture can be physically uncomfortable in the beginning, 
common areas that feel painful are the upper back and the hips. So which practices support a comfortable transition to balanced posture and reduce the amount of uh, discomfort? Well, the first place to start is with your feet. If they're turned out, then to gradually start working them back in. If they're really turned out in an extreme way, and you try to bring them in all at once, you're going to feel some tightness and soreness, maybe even some pulling on the knee. So we don't want that. So you just start to come gradually and start to be more aware of how you stand when you're talking to friends or when you're standing in line somewhere or something. There's a really great practice of sit down and stand up. And it helps to retrain the muscles and ligaments around the hip joints and around the pelvis and bring strength and flexibility. And it's very simple. We have a blog post about it on our website. The other thing, too, is that when you start to train the body into its natural posture, the muscles that haven't been used or that have been overstretched are going to get sore. They're going to contract, for example, if you've been slouching and now you sit up. Those muscles need to contract, and sometimes people will feel pain because those muscles haven't been used. And it will take just a few days usually for that to pass. It's really important to be persistent and let the change come. Stick with it, and then the change will come faster, and then and it, the pain will go away. This is so common when people just start meditating, and we ask them to sit up doing it. And you can sit against a wall to begin with, just to help you have that upright posture, and you might still have some pain. But again, it will pass very quickly. Poses like Shalabhasana variations for developing strength through the back along the spine are very good. And we also have a blog post on that on our website too. When posture correction feels quite unnatural in the beginning, how can a person be sure they're doing the right thing or moving in the right direction when it feels so awkward and odd to them? Well, there's a couple of things you can do. You can use a wall. I always like to say, make the wall your friend and check in with it regularly. So you can have your buttocks touch the wall and then put your upper back on the wall and the back of your head. Now, that would mean that your heels will be out from the wall a little bit, depending on the depth of your buttocks. This doesn't work well for someone who has a very deep chest. So some women and men, will have, they have what's called a barrel chest. It's a little bit rounder. And, and that, so the wall doesn't work so well for them. Then if you want to have someone check you. Again, we have a, a blog post on the website about Tadasana, the mountain pose, so that it will help you understand what it is that you're looking for. And when you really begin to practice it, you'll see that there's a sense of power that comes when you practice it and stay with it. So there's also a mental discomfort that can come along with changing the posture. I, I wanted to adjust my posture, but it felt mentally easier to slouch. My mind just didn't want to go there to be challenged to the place of letting my energy run. You know, the poor posture was my comfort zone. And despite that underlying desire to change, which felt pretty strong, the weakness of my mind often won. So how do you encourage clients and students to make the mental shift so that the physical can shift? Well, it goes back to that decision to feel good. Uh, that that's really what's most important. Uh, then you have to have a little bit of determination to go with it. Running your energy and allowing your prana to flow is what will do it. One of the things that's very helpful for that is to 
be able to come to a neutral place to learn how to use the center of your head. So you can run your earth and cosmic energy and that'll help you set your aura and set your energy. These are tools that we use in our intuitive energy practice. When you have poor posture come up or you have an emotion come up when you're attempting to adjust it, then this is a response to your own memory, something that's inside of you. We can experience that, but also have neutrality to it. Just like feelings, they're just movements of energy. They're not really who we are. I was a person who also had a forward head position. And when I was adjusting it into a neutral place, I felt like my chin was way up in the air. And that's what I hear from our students and clients who come. They think, oh my gosh, I feel like my chin is way up there. But then you find out it's really not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and the wall had been really helpful for me and and for the students who we have come here just to, to feel that position against the wall. You know your head is in its optimal position. And also to get a second opinion, as you mentioned. But if the head position has been forward, then the neck is often flat and should be corrected. Why is the curve in the neck important for health and well-being? Like I mentioned before, it's about the flow of prana. So the nerves that are coming out of the front side of the spine there are very important in terms of supporting the sense organs. And our senses are the main way we interact with the world. We should have a nice, soft curve in the neck so that if you put your fingertips right on the, the cervical spine, that there wouldn't be bumps sticking out, that those spinous process would not stick out, but rather you'd have this, this feeling of that being fairly smooth. The interesting thing is that the bottom of the chin then will become parallel to the floor. The design of our bodies is really quite divine. Uh, and, and, and so we don't, we're not really sticking the chin way up in the air. That, remember I mentioned that the mind and the body will habituate anything. And then a few days of keeping the bottom of your chin parallel to the floor, and then suddenly that's normal and, and it feels good. What are exercises to bring back the curve? A couple of things that you can do. Number one is some people are sleeping on pillows that are far too large and flatten the neck. So that means then you're spending almost a third of your life in that position. So that's something to check. You shouldn't really have a very large pillow. You should have something small. And many people will roll up a towel right underneath the neck to start to work on that curve. You want to make sure that towel is of a size that has a gradual curve for you. Because if you try to do too much too fast, the muscles in your neck will get sore. The other thing then you can do to strengthen those muscles is to either lay on the floor, you can sit against a wall, uh, sitting up with your spine upright, and put the natural curve there, and then press the back of the head into the floor or into the wall. The floor is easier to start with. Uh, Without moving your chin, the tendency will be to drop the chin to do that. But we want to just isolate and use the muscles in the back of the neck. This isn't, it shouldn't be extremely hard. It's just making that little bit of pressure and then holding it for 10 breaths and you could work 20 breaths and eventually maybe work up to 30 breaths and do it three rounds of it each time. It actually doesn't take long to bring good strength into the neck and it helps with the stability in terms of the cervical spine as well if you're a person 
who has a tendency to have some neck pain and, and the neck vertebrae go out of place. The power of posture is amazing. And the clients and students who work with their posture while they're here and look completely different by the time they leave because they're standing up straight. Yeah, their eyes light up with prana and their skin starts to glow. It's, it's, it is pretty amazing. You know, sometimes I look at our before and after pictures and I think, it almost looks like we've staged it. It's so extreme. But posture is really one of the most significant factors in that change that we see. Well, that's all that we have time for today. Any final thoughts about posture before we finish? Having balanced posture is a part of conscious sattvic living. The more sattva we cultivate in our lives, the more peace and joy we can experience. We become a whole human being by improving our posture. And that gives us a stronger mind and our body feels better and more choices in life. And from there, we have the opportunity to experience true freedom. We're meant to be happy, joyous, and free. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to work with us to determine the best approach for you, we offer consultations in person and by phone, Skype, or FaceTime. Thanks so much for listening to Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga. Don't forget, if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, just submit your question on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag AskHaleePule. That's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E. And if you want to go deeper on your own path toward health, book a consultation at HaleePule.com. In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution. Halipule's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our tridoshic approach to create nourishing meals, Join Simple Ayurvedic Cooking with Halepule. Their recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.